0: I mean I would like to feel like I did something right every once in a while, you know, cuz I'm not I'm not one of those dads that you'd come and hang out and go, "Wow, he's an amazing guy." So I'm
1: Family man, yeah. Welcome to the Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. This is the show where we remind dads of what's most important. I'm your host, Scott Moore. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Todd, how's it going? It's
0: going good, Scott. And now uh, we should tell everybody that uh, w- this is a special show. Uh, we've got Caleb Morris. Maybe if you've been listening for very long, you've heard Caleb's name and maybe you'll recognize his voice. Uh, Caleb has been on the show at least a couple times. Uh, We usually talk about RVs or other things like that, but uh, I met Caleb, I don't know how many years ago. In fact, Caleb, I was just talking to one of my kids and uh, he was looking over my shoulder at my text and he goes, Caleb Morris, he goes, isn't that the guy we had uh, dinner with and somewhere he didn't know where, but I said, yeah. So I don't know how many years ago, but we've had (laughs) dinner a couple of times. One was at a super cool restaurant in Texas. Yeah, Caleb, it is good having you with us again.
2: Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for, uh,
0: thanks for letting me join you. No, we're glad you could. Now, Caleb, tell, tell everybody where you You're from somewhere around uh, Dallas, right?
2: Yes, we live, we live right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth in the mid-cities. Uh, to be more precise, uh, the town I live in is called Eulis. and um, it's just a couple of miles from the DFW airport. We're right in the middle of everything. If you want to go to Dallas, it takes about the same amount of time as it does to go to Fort Worth. So you can do everything here. It's a pretty neat place to live. It is a fun place to visit. I'll tell you that. But uh,
0: I don't know. So Caleb, you can, I'll ask both of you. Caleb, how's your, how's your, the beginning of your new year been so far?
2: Well, so far so good. I mean, I'm just, you know, like everybody else back to work and I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around everything that's going on and, and just uh, hoping it's going, hoping and praying it's going to be a good year. And yeah, that's about it.
0: How about you, Scott? How's your year been so far? How's 2021 in this craziness, and it's changed even today uh, as we record this, but how's your, you're going so far?
1: I'll just put it this way. Um, the end is near. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this better be the year for me to hit big with that song, because otherwise I don't know what I wrote it for, because it sure feels like the end is near.
0: Oh, we and we should play that again at the end, because <laughs> that is a great song, a great chorus, and um, it does feel that way. We kind of finished out the end of 2020 uh, with uh, the COVID virus. Not only did we give it, but I think we gave it to a lot of people. We're kind of like uh, typhoid Mary, only type or a uh, COVID Todd, I don't know. Um, but we seem to give it to a lot of family members. We got it from somewhere in our family. Um, and, you know, not to downplay it, because I know a lot of people have suffered and died from COVID, but I'll tell you, we hear all their story stories on the news about how they barely scraped through. For the Wilson family, it was like having a cold. Um, you might even be able to hear a little bit in my voice yet. Uh, so, you know, I know some of you are scared to death to get it. Uh, for the vast majority, it's like having a cold where maybe you can't taste something. Um, but it wasn't too bad here. Uh, in fact, my wife, she had it the worst. And she was just down for really one day. She spent a day in bed, mild fever for all of us. And by mild, I mean a mild fever, Um, but we are, we're all on the mend. We're done with our quarantining uh, and uh, we're trying to get back to life. We kind of feel a little invincible now, you know, like, ah, (laughs) I can't get it. So anyway.
1: And we had it rampaging through everybody we know. It seems like it hit my parents and several other people connected to us. So we're just trying to stay away from everybody. No, of course, I, I hope I, I already had it like before we knew what it was. Cause like yeah. we all got sick before COVID hit and it felt like yeah. we all had it. So who knows?
0: I'll tell you just for, for the vast majority again, there, are, there are worse things to have. There are worse things to have. And by the way, dad, if you're scared, you know, and you're worried about getting it, you are, you're going to get it sooner or later. So. Uh, you know. don't
1: worry, the whole country is going to fall apart and the world is going to come to an end before you even yeah, get COVID
0: that's, that's exactly right
1: I'm like ready wow, for so. it's the end of the world as we know it and I feel fine, man
0: <laughs> I'll tell you just keep the radio off, keep the television off don't get on the internet and you'll be just fine, you'll be just fine well hey, uh, we've, I've already introduced Caleb um, and we're having Caleb, Caleb on, not to talk about RVing this time, but Caleb asked, I don't know in the month of December, I think it was, you asked, hey, Todd, you should talk about how you got into what you're doing and, you know, family and you've got some kids and, you know, how you've gotten here and uh, seemingly how you did a good job. And it's a seemingly. And, you know, it always it felt, feels awkward to say, well, this is my story, um, you know? So I said, hey, Caleb, why don't you be on the show and you could interview me? Uh, and he was uh, very willing Uh, i don't know if he was reluctant he's like i don't know if i can be an interviewer i've never interviewed someone done and i and i hopefully reassured him that this is super easy and uh we're not trying to impress anybody because we have long since quit trying to do that if we Uh, can
1: do it anybody can do this that's
0: right (laughs) Uh, yeah that's exactly right so caleb i thought maybe we'd start the show over you know like kind of begin again scott you know like you know how we start it. Only start it with Caleb in charge.
2: Hey, Caleb, how's it going? It's going great here in Texas, Scott. How you doing, man?
1: I'm hanging in there, man. The world is coming to an end quickly, <laughs> if you haven't noticed my tone already tonight. But I'm I'm okay with that. So I'm going to let you guys talk, okay. and I'll just kind of back off a little here.
2: All right, Todd. So how you doing, man? I'm, do- I'm, doing, I'm doing good. Uh,
0: good. Yeah, it, getting back in the saddle here, even though even though I say I'm doing good, I, I'm feeling a little blah. I don't know if you have those back to life blahs, but it has been one of those. It's yucky in northern Indiana and it's it's just hard to get back going again. I don't feel very motivated as a dad, as a husband and as a human being.
2: <laughs> well I know that's not a very good first interview question. And I wasn't sure if the first time I asked you how you're doing, if that's actually going to be played or not, so I didn't ask you again. We have no idea <laughs> what uh, will be played. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know how he's going to edit this thing. We could, but we already talked about it a little bit, but anyway, yeah. It's Um, I had emailed you, and I just kind of was talking about you, your family, and and I was like, hey man, you don't ever talk about yourself, and and I understand why because that would be. You know, that'd be weird if you just got on and talked about yourself, but I, was like, I think you actually have some, you know, some things to say and some things to impart to people having met your family. And so then that's when you said, well, hey, why don't you just interview me? So, so I've got, a, I've got a few questions and we'll just kind of see, see where it goes. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. So, well, first off, I don't remember, I was trying to remember today how you and I got connected Originally, I think, I think I got on your email list at a homeschool convention, maybe like, probably like over ten years ago, and then, then I would you every now and then, and and then somehow another, the I, I don't know how the postcard thing got started, but um, I think you said something about you like postcards, I was like well hey I'll send you a post, then I just started sending them from all over. Travel and I met you, and I think that 14. I think met you in person, I uh, think it was 2014, maybe 20, maybe 2013.
0: Well, when I was looking at my emails, I mean, uh, some of our first emails are at least 2012, so uh, I mean, and we went to we went to uh, two different places, we went to Cracker Barrel, and then what was the other place we went to? Yeah,
2: yeah the first place was Cracker Barrel in Louisville, and the second place is a uh, really cool local place, uh, and it's in, uh, it's in Arlington, and it's called Campo Verde, and that's the Tex-Mex place where it's always Christmas. That was and, very and,
0: cool. Very
2: cool. Yeah. They have Christmas lights up there all the time, but if you go there at Christmas, it's about three times that amount, and it's, it's really pretty neat. So Yeah, that's Campo Verde. So if you're in DFW and you haven't gone to Campo Verde, you need to go check it out so yeah okay so todd sometimes you talk about how you were a pastor and um so how did how did you how did you get into being a pastor and how long were you a pastor and you know where and why did you stop and all that good stuff
0: okay um i i was a pastor for about 10 years i was an associate pastor i worked for a great guy rick smith um who just died about a year ago Uh, well actually a little more than a year ago now um and it was super tragic. Um, but uh, I started right after seminary. I went to seminary here in Northern Indiana, Grace Seminary. Maybe if you heard of Grace College, it's a small Christian college. They also had a little tiny seminary. And I went there, and then I pastored for, for 10 years. And I loved the church. I was in, in charge of kind of outreach and um, the kids program. I loved it all. Um, but there was something... God was moving in our hearts at the time. We had five children and my wife was kind of like, Todd, if we have any more children, I'm going to need more to see more of you at home because Sundays my wife was like a church widow, you know, um, cause I was busy doing my thing and, um, it was just a lot of night stuff and, and I was pretty good about, you know, putting family first, but it was still, it was hard. And, uh, so it was at that time I was kind of writing some things and I thought, thought maybe I'd be the great American novelist. And nobody cared about my first novel, so we started this little thing, you know, um, uh, called Family Man Ministries. But even before we did that, you know, again, I was at, in the a pastor for ten years. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, you know, I had people kind of saying, I some people in the writing industry, some agents, and they said, "Man, you do really good, and uh, we'd love to, you know, work with you once you're famous." And it was about that time my wife said, you know, uh, I think we could give it a shot. We could try it. She said, I think we could live on for on $15,000 a year. Um, and uh, she said, why not you know, let's go for it. And so I gave him my six months notice. And after six months, I quit cold turkey. I mean, I didn't have anything. My first year, I made $2,000 and God took care of us. Um, again, we didn't even know what it was going to look like. We didn't know, Oh, are we going to try to do a, you know, are we going to speak? I didn't think I was going to speak. I just thought I'd write. And we started this little newsletter with all the guys in my church. I went to my parents' church, stole all the emails out of there and Debbie's church, a grown up church and, and, uh, probably had about a hundred guys on it. And I wrote them a first email and said, Hey, I'm going to try to do something for dads. Um, I'd love you to be a part of it. And that's grown into, you know, tens of thousands of guys every week now. Um, And, you know, the message has just always been the same, reminding dads of what's most important. Um, I didn't have any great aspirations to be famous or to do, you know, do a certain thing. I just asked God, I said, God, would you just let us do this, continue? And so that first year, you know, I I said we had thought we could live on $15,000. We had a little bit of savings. We had made an error in our tax return. We had never gotten a tax return in our whole life. And that year, about six months out, my wife found an error. We got $10,000. And had we gotten it six months earlier, we would have spent it um, on some kind of a house project. But God used that and just other people. And we don't even know how. And we never touched our savings, which was very little at the time. And here we are. We just continue from year to year. And God still has to provide for us. Um, but it's been an amazing ride.
2: Wow. Yeah, I bet it was, I mean, that must have been kind of scary when you started out, you know, traveling around, not knowing what it was going to turn into and, you know, not knowing what was going to happen next. I mean, I bet that was, I bet that was pretty scary.
0: There were some scary times. I mean, it really was a very precious time in our family. I can remember, you know, having one of those talks more than once where, you know, like, we're not going to leave the lights on. We're going to not, you know, not fill up the whole bowl full of milk. We're going to, you know, eat what we have. We're not going to throw away stuff. We're going to try to conserve and we worked together as a team and we prayed together as a team. We saw God do amazing things as a team. And really it was a super cool time. And, you know, really faith, it reminds me, it's kind of like a muscle, you know, the more you use it, the easier it gets. Um, and some of those early stressed out days, I mean, I was more stressed out by just trying to figure out how to quit being a pastor because I was a pastor. at the, You know, I'd quit. And yet we had a lot of hands and, you know, feelers into the, the church and and people would call me and ask me to do things. And and I can remember saying to God, God, I mean, I just I can't do it all. I mean, if, if you want this thing to go or me to make it, you're just going to do it because I'm not going to say no to these other people. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And so really, that's how we started. And we homeschooled our kids. So we went to a homeschool convention, I bought a little workshop, and where they let you speak for, you know, 45 minutes, if you paid them $100. And I did that. And uh, we had some success, people like, like what we had to say. And so we tried it again. And then people started inviting us. And and uh you know we've been busy ever since until the year 2020 when covid hit and it shut us down um, so we're hoping 2020 will be a different year
2: yeah I hear you i know i'm hoping it will be yeah the whole see I, I don't know how much i know we've been having technical difficulties and this is like you know take number 3 or something so i'm not sure what all is going to stay from before but kind of how this started was you know the email right. and i was asking you some questions and by your family. And I just, I was mainly just, I wasn't really asking you questions. I was just pointing some things out. And, and I was saying, you know, how you never talk about yourself. So you're probably never going to say, you know, how this happened or, because I know you don't want to sound like you're tooting your own horn, but man, I guess what I want to say is having met your family, having been around you and people that haven't been, you know, they, they wouldn't know, but I'll just, I'll just go back to when we first met, when we met at the Cracker Barrel a few years ago, you had, uh, you had everybody with you. So, so we all hung out for a long time and, mm-hmm. and, um, and Sam was there and I got to talking to him and, and my wife did too. And, and afterwards, you know, we were going, man, like, wow, what a cool family. I mean, and particularly, you know, Sam just really struck me as a, just a, just a cool guy. I mean, just, I mean, I wanted to hang out with him like the rest of the day. And um, my wife was saying, you know, she was kind of saying the same thing about how, you know, the impression he made on her. And like I told you in the email, my my wife is one of those moms that that really dislikes our kids. (laughs) I mean, she likes kids, but she doesn't really get into, you know, other people's kids too much. She's just kind of like her kid's mom. And, um, but she was like, wow, that's a, that's a great family. You know, they, they got, they have really good children and, and, um, I don't know, man, I was, I was just really impressed. And, and a couple other things, like I told you, I listen to your other podcast sometimes and, and your son, Ben, I mean, he's got tons of wisdom. He's a young guy. What is he about? He can't be more than 25 or so, right? He's like 27. Like yeah, there you go. And he'll be talking sometimes. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, this guy really, really, has a good head on his shoulders, lots of wisdom. And this, this might embarrass you, but I I don't, I hope it doesn't, but over the Christmas break, I had about two weeks off and I was sitting around the house going through some things and I found one of my old journals and, and I, I stumbled upon the journal entry that I made after I met you guys at Cracker Barrel. And, um, and what I wrote in there, I don't remember everything I wrote and I wouldn't read it to you, but I just remember that I wrote down that your family had a sense of holiness to it. And, and, and I, and I know that's a word that gets tossed around and, and probably ruined sometimes. But, but when I say that word, I, I really mean it. And, um, and, and, and I just mean there was just something, something right about it all. And, um, it really struck me. And then, uh, yeah. And another thing like in the email, I was saying, you know, you got, you got Sam, you got Ben and you got kids moving next door to you. And, you know, the, these are things that, these are things that everybody wants and ever everybody wants, you know, they I've known quite a few Christians who, you know, their kids grow up and they can't wait to move away. They can't move far enough away. <laughs> and your kids are moving right next door to you in some cases. And, um, I don't know, man, I, I just, I just think it's really cool. And, um, and and I know there's no formula, I know there's no well, you do this and you plug this in and this happens. But man, I just think you've done something right. And you know, people need to that's what people wanna know. That's what that's what people want in their families. And um, that's what I want my family. I mean, all I've ever wanted in my family was just to have a happy family. So and it seems like you did that. So hmm. I guess that wasn't really a question and and it's not sounding much like an interview, and I apologize for that. But um, that, that's kind of just I've everything. Loving, i love I about. love hearing you talk because it's making me feel good.
1: How do you do it, Todd? <laughs> Tell us the secret, man. Yeah, uh, my kids want to move far away from me, and I'm pretty much ready to kick them out and say go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean,
0: it really does warm my heart, though. I mean, I, not because other people might enjoy my family, but because. I enjoy my family. I mean, I feel like the most blessed dad on the whole planet, um, because I am not one of those dads who I I never feel like I do it all right. I mean, I would like to feel like I did something right every once in a while, you know, because I'm not I'm not one of those dads that you'd come and hang out and go, wow, he's an amazing guy. Um, But I love my kids, and I love my wife, and I love our family, and. I don't know what we've ever done right. I honestly don't, except that we've done family together. I mean, we, we like, we're just together. You know, homeschooling was one of the greatest things we've ever done as a family. Um, not because my kids are smart, but because it just kind of forced us together. You know, doing family man ministries. I didn't know it at the time, but it forced us to do family together. And I know someone would say, well, it didn't force you. And I'm like, which is true, because I know some dads who do family ministry and they do it by themselves. Um, but, I mean we spent we we just spent all our time together we still do and somehow and I and this I marvel at this because I told my wife even this past week why is it that our kids want to be with us all the time I mean they just I they do you know you know Sam <laughs> Sam and his wife live about 20 miles away 20 minutes away but they're here a couple times a week and Ben and Rissa they you know they're with their kids and they were Sunday, they were over at our house all day long. They never left. And our kids, Ike and Carolyn, who are living across the street, and they, you know, Christmas Eve, they're all at our house. And, you know, I love my family, my my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters, but I didn't want to, I didn't need to be around them all the time. Um, and our, not that our kids need to be around us all the time, but our kids want to be around us all the time. And I'll tell you, it is a, it's just been a gift to us. And, uh, and I wish, you know, sometimes I wish I could point at it and say, oh, because we did this, but I don't feel like, I don't feel that about really anything we did, except that we just did family together. We argued together and we're an arguing family. I mean, we're a loud bickering, you know, nothing's ever easy family. Um, but I've told my kids, you know, hey, I'm going to make you mad, but we're never going to ever stop talking.
2: And, uh, and,
0: and we have it.
2: Yeah. You said, you said something one time. Oh man. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you said something about, you're, you're going to leave the door open from your side. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I mean, yeah. in fact, I just, I just went over to Ben and Rissa's house and they're right next door and the door really only swings one way, you know, it swings into my house. They can come into our house anytime they want. Um, but I always, I would never open the door and just go inside their house. I did. I have done that. I did that early on and, you know, potentially embarrassing and it wasn't a good idea. Um, but I want them to know that no matter what, they can always come here. There's no, there's no barrier. The other way you know, I, treat them like adults, like they have their own life. And so I text them and say, Hey, I'm going to come over in a few minutes. Is that okay? Or, Hey, I'm going to get something out of your garage. Just wanted to let you know, they don't have to do that to me. um, Because it is different as the kids get older, you know, and I want them to feel like they have some of that separation from us. um, Because when you're Right. right next door, you can feel like maybe you don't have any separation. I don't want to be that dad who just comes in and goes, I'm in your bedroom now, <laughs> you know, here I am,
2: uh, so. <laughs> well, that you know, it makes sense that, that being together, uh, you had somebody on, I can't remember his name, but I'm almost positive it was on your podcast, but it seems like you had somebody on a few years ago, and he said something like, their motto was the family that stays together, stays together, and um, I don't know if that rings a bell or not. Oh, yeah, that was, was that was Steve Demi. Yeah.
0: that was Steve Demi. Scott does another podcast with him and and that's what he and he believes that and it's true
2: well yeah i mean it totally makes sense because i mean when everybody's doing his or her own thing and and nobody's ever together i mean you're not gonna there wouldn't be any reason for people to want to hang out when they're older if they never hang out when they're younger because they won't know each other yeah and so it totally makes sense i mean we we homeschool and and um you mentioned homeschool conventions and i hope those able to get going again because that's the whole reason um i agreed to homeschool because i went to a homeschool convention and and it was the people that i met there that that made me want to get involved in it because the 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 families and the the kids were so well behaved and i mean now you know you you go places and kids are all staring at their shoes and and but it wasn't like that at the homeschool convention so anyway i don't know if i ever told you that or not but so we try to stay together too. We try to do everything we travel and, you know, not too much. And now some of ours are getting older too, but I don't know, man. I mean, I just, I guess I just admire you. I mean, cause, and, and I say that sincerely. I mean, I really, really do. I'm not blowing smoke or sunshine at you, but, uh, you know, I haven't met very many families that, that struck me or my wife like yours. And I was like, man, you know, he needs to, he needs to tell us how to do that, you know, cause, cause that's what, I mean, that's what everybody wants. I mean, nobody, nobody has children so they can grow up and, you know, not know them or, and, and, or be unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause like all, I mean, like I said earlier, the, the only thing I've ever wanted was just a happy family and, um, you've got a happy family and, you know, I don't come from a happy family and I've, and I've known a bunch of unhappy families and i've known a bunch of christians over the years they've got you know they've got a whole all the right theology and politics and all their ducks are in a row and all that but years go years go by and then they end up not even getting along with each other and it always makes me sad you know
0: yeah yeah. and i really think you know that's really every dad's nightmare i can remember being in one of those conventions one time and at a workshop, and there was a dad who had some kids, and they all seemed, you know, like. And he was giving the workshop, and he was taking questions, and I asked him the same question, you know, "What did you do right?" And he didn't have a great answer, you know, and maybe because there is no great answer, um, but I think it is the dad who's the key to this, you know. I think it's the dad who is the not the glue because you know crises are glue. I, I know that, but you know, the dad makes makes the hard things right, you know? So when the kid freaks out or when the dad freaks out and he's mean to his kids, he comes back and he makes it right. Um, you know, i already told my daughter-in-laws, I said, because they're, they're easy going, but I said, I'm gonna make you mad one time. We're gonna do something that's offensive. I know we are, but I want you to come and tell us. If you can't tell us, you know, tell our sons or tell you know the ones who are our real children, and then we'll make it, you know. And and we're willing. I mean, one of the wisest things I ever, even as, as our kids get older, I was talking to a uh, a mom, and she had an adult daughter-in-law, and she said the daughter-in-law got in her face one time and said, "Can't you ever shut up? You know, can't you let me talk? You never let me talk." And Debbie was with me, and Debbie said, "Wow, how'd you get over that?" And the woman said, "It's easy because." I love her, you know, and she just, you know, did it hurt? Yes, because there were tears in this woman's eyes as she told us the story. But the relationship was more important. And I'm and I really, you know, for us, you know, for Caleb, for Scott, our kids are going to get mad and they're going to we're going to hurt their feelings and we're going to say stupid things. But the relationship is worth Going back and apologizing. I mean, I I bet you I've apologized to my adult, at least a couple of my adult children once or twice in the last seven days, you know, where I've had to say, you know, I'm sorry for getting snappy there. You're doing an amazing job. And I tell them that all the time. I tell them all the time. I love you so much. And I know for some dads, that's really hard to do because you didn't grow up in in a family that told each other you loved each other or touched each other. I think we have to get past that, you know, and, yeah. and, and, again, not because that's the formula to, but I, I, I think that's part of the relationship, you know, with our kids.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's so strange. Uh, there's, so, there's something that happens to us, you know, we're, you know, from the time we're boys we grow up and we come dads and we, we, we forget these simple things that, that we forget the way it was when we were boys and, and, um, you know, I know I do. I, I forget. You know, I guess we grow up in the cares of the world, you know, pile on our shoulders and and we just we just forget what what children need. Um, you know, sometimes I just like to sometimes I just have to remind myself that, you know, like my kids want to forgive me. They, they want to, uh, you know, they want to be happy. With me, and if I go back and apologize for something, it goes along. I mean, it, it it always works. I mean, there's never been a time where I go back and say, "Hey, I was totally wrong about this," and they go, "Yeah, you know what? I don't care." It's never that way. They're always they're always so eager, and and maybe that's just as simple, like you were talking about, just saying you're sorry and and just you know keeping it open, and um, because I, I guess a lot of us didn't get that growing up. You know, you we've always heard about the dad who never admitted he was wrong and never said he was sorry, never said I love you. And, and, um, I don't know how people turn into that because that's not what they wanted when they were a boy, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. And maybe we just, yeah. we just kind of, we become what we didn't like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, that's, I guess it's, it's, it's some, it's kind of mysterious because it doesn't even make any sense, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, but it ends up happening a lot. And, um, yeah, man. I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm obviously a lousy interviewer, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I just, I just thought you had some, some great things to say, you know, uh, to people about, you know, cause you know, you get on here and you obviously talk about dad stuff all the time, but you don't talk about yourself being a dad all the time. And you right. don't talk about your family because I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're not like that. You know, you're not going to get on here and just grandstand and talk about yourself. But um,
0: if I was better, I would,
2: if I was better (laughs) at it, I
0: would definitely (laughs) brag more.
2: Uh, But but people, but you know, people should know it was really why I was writing that to you that day. People should know, man. And you know, we all listen to podcasts and we listen to, you know, people on TV and people on the radio and, and, you know, you think you know who they are, but until you meet their family, until you meet them, you don't really know. But but I've met you and I do know. And, um, I mean, so, you know, you got some solid, you know, there's there's this bit in the Bible that, that I always think about. It's a kind of an obscure little thing that Christ said. He, he said that, you know, wisdom is justified by her children. And which is basically just to, to say that, you know, if there's fruit to something, then there's something to it. Mm. And... I mean, in your case, wisdom is, is justified by your children because uh, I've met your children. I haven't met Ben, but I've heard him on the podcast. <laughs> and um, I met Sam and I wanted to hang out with him the whole rest of the weekend. So, uh, so you did something right, man. And you should be, should be uh, I don't know. I just wanted to point it out, I guess.
0: Well, well, Caleb, I'll tell you that I don't know about if anybody else enjoyed this, but I did because you made me feel really, really good.
1: So um, well, I'll just second all that. Cause I've, I've met your kids and I've, you know, I, I have that same sort of standard where it's like the manure detector is pretty high in our family. Like we can smell it pretty quickly. And, and when you talk to somebody's kids, you find out if this stuff's real. When I met Steve Demi's kids and they're all grown and I, I asked them straight up, is this real? Is he, has he changed? And cause he kept talking about this massive change that happened over the last several years. And, and and they look at me right now and said, yeah, it is. And he's huh. he's a great dad. And uh, and yeah. your your kids say the same thing, Todd. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm... Well, keep, you both make me feel us, really, man. really
0: good. And we should make an open invitation. If there's anybody else who's met me and likes me, uh, please contact me. And uh, we'll have you on the show as well. Um, because this feels really amazing. This is very therapeutic. Uh, so caleb well thank you for being on the show thanks for uh you know asking not to be on it but thanks for saying those nice things and and you know you kind of warmed up so i think we if we have you on a few more times you got this you could do this
2: yeah i'll admit i was i was pretty terrible at the outset and when scott and i were talking about guitars before you got on i was i was right in there but something happened there at the first hopefully he'll edit all of it out and because we've been, we've been talking here for about a half hour now anyways but man i guess i just got reflective at the end of the year when i wrote to you but but i'm telling you man this this kind of stuff is really the only thing that matters and um you. when you look around at, you know the world's gone bananas and 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 everybody's there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on and i mean as dads we got to get this right I mean, it's the only thing that matters, you know, yeah, um, his right. dads, his dads and husbands, you know, his family, man, we got to get this right. And man, I'm telling you, that's all I want to do. I just want to get it right. I mean, if I can lay down one day and, and, you know, my children like each other <laughs> and they still talk to me and it's, I will, have felt <laughs> like I succeeded. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, um, yeah, and yeah. we're going to leave it at that. And, you know, because I think. You know, uh, I would always hear guys say, oh, what I want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant from God. And that is true. I want to hear that. But I think, you know, I want to hear my kids say, you know, my dad loved me. My, my wife, I want to hear her say, uh, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he, he never stopped trying. He always tried loving me. And I think if they say that, then God will say, well done, Todd. You know, good job. Uh, right, right. So, well, Caleb, thanks for being on the show. Scott. It's always privilege as usual. And uh, dads, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you're facing this week. You know, it's crazy out there. But like Caleb said, dads are important. Dads matter. You know, it doesn't matter really. I mean, all this stuff, your kids are gonna forget this, but they're never gonna forget you. They're never gonna forget, you know, those interactions, that relationship. And like Caleb said, if if you invest in it now, you reap it later. So have a great weekend. Do something that only a dad can do, and do it
1: because you did dad. And that's our show for this week, Dad. Thanks for joining us for The Family Man Show with Todd Wilson. If you have a question for the show, email todd at familyman at familymanweb.com. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at scott at unsocializedmedia.com. Thanks for joining us, Dad. Have a great week. Let's get down the power Cry, oh God give us please The end is near Philosophy professor that sees teaching deeper truth To a bunch of wild students in the ivory tower of youth Candaces in our with the protest of the day But Sororities feel more ready, making t-shirts, let's say The end is near
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm actually gonna go sit out in my truck because I think it might be, sometimes my phone has a hard time in my house. Okay. So, Okay. okay. let me go outside. Let me come out here and see if you can... Tell me if it gets any better. Yeah, that, no, that outside. sounds better. That sounds a lot better.
1: Yeah, you sound a lot better already. Yeah, whatever me, you just did.
2: Let me, let me get my truck and turn my heater on. Because <laughs> it's cold out here. May I have to start over. Oh, I left my notes inside. Hang on. Sorry about this, guys. <laughs> Man, what a bummer. This will
1: be great for the end of the show.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's makes some nice uh, bonus footage there. Yeah. Let me get my uh... – those are always fun, by the way. Sometimes yeah, they can actually hear me outside, Rachel. I'll tell my wife that you can hear me outside. But you always hang out to the end. And sometimes there's something really funny that you guys talk about at the end. Well, well, you might want to hang
1: on for this one. (laughs) Let's see how funny you think it is when it's you. (laughs) Yeah, when it's me. The end is me. The end is me. Let's get down upon our knees and cry, oh God, forgive us, please.